Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Let's Talk Therapy. And this is me, Rosemary Burns, and thank you for joining me. Um, so this week we're back in the in the studio, so it was kind of a fun little treat last last time to um, be to record at my office. Um, but we're back to normal, and that's good. Um, so I know I said in um, last the last episode that um, I kind of Google searched what was the most um, commonly searched mental health issues going on, and they were um, social media like addiction and ma- uh, ma- major depression, major depressive disorder, and memory loss. And so I know I said that um, I was going to do um, either memory loss or major depressive disorder, but of course, you know, I had a whim, um, a little, little more than just a whim, but um, came up with a, a much better one, I think, much better topic um, for this week, and it's called Lessons from a Dog. Lessons from a Dog, what an interesting title, you say. <laughs> um, the reason it's called Lessons from a Dog is, let me tell you a little story. So, um, I have a dog. Um, his name is Butterscotch, and he's he's a sweet, sweet um, boy. And um, it's he's uh, just over two years old, and he's a rescue. And uh, but we did rescue him as a puppy, um, and so, like as a young puppy. So I think when we got him, he was only about seven weeks old. And he's had a very um, he's had a very interesting um, life so far. He definitely has had some training. He has needed some training. He had hormonal issues, um, and he was a second dog because um, I think I've mentioned m- my collie in previous episodes, um, and my collie. Um, sadly had to be put down in February because he was old. And I think I said the same thing when I told you last time that, you know, he had a good collie um, dog life. And so, okay, so that's a little backstory. Well, um, since he passed away, uh, I think that Butterscotch has been kind of sad and maybe missing him. And, you know, dogs are pack animals. And so I was like, okay, well, we maybe we should look into getting another dog um, to kind of, you know, so he has a friend. So he has somebody to play with because he has a lot of energy and he likes to play, likes to run around and all that kind of stuff. And we thought it would be really good. And when my uh, collie was alive, he, I mean, he was old. So even when we first got butterscotch, I mean, he was what, I guess he was 13, um, 12 and a half, 13. And so he, he didn't play very much. He really didn't. He couldn't, he was just that old. And so, um, we thought this would be a good idea. So let me tell you about heist heist. And he is appropriately named, uh, heist has a a very beautiful symmetrical black mask over his, his eyes. And so, um, my trainer, the one who's who has been working with me for a long time, um, working with Butterscotch, she found him, um, and he has been. She has been working to rehabilitate him at her training facility um, that is local to where I live, and um, he's just beautiful. And so she, you know, dog trainer, many, many, many years of of um, doing that. Um, you know, she, she, it's one of her passions is to try and help people find, um, companion dogs and, um, 
you know, puppies or, or adult dogs that are a good fit for their family, especially if they already have a dog and, and work with them to, um, so that they can adopt. So that's what we've been doing. So let me, I don't know a whole lot about Heist's background, just that he was not taken care of. Um, He definitely is a rescue. Um, If you look at him, he's beautiful. He looks um, like he's definitely part Border Collie, um, but he has, and you would think he was full Border Collie, except that his ears are pointy instead of like flappy, like a Border Collie's. And his, his coat is not as long as Border Collie's. Um, at least not yet, anyhow. He's under a year old, and um, like I said, my trainer has has brought him in. Um, he stays at her her training center, and he so he's um, he's never been in a house. He he doesn't understand um, just what it's like to be a dog in a house, and so. Um, this weekend, so what we've been doing, there, there's still been more of a process. Um, we've been introducing butterscotch to, to heist, um, you know, under supervision, of course, um, letting them play together, see if they get along. Because, um, you know, some dogs just do not get along. And some, like, they meet, like, once and they're, like, best friends for life. Um, and so um, – He's, let's see, I already said he's under a year, so he's younger than Butterscotch. So Butterscotch is um, the older one and the more dominant one. Um, And so, fine, that's great. So we have to work slowly and patiently to um, get Heist where he can actually function in a home. And so what where we're at in in the steps right now is we are working towards... um, getting him used to being in our home. So that's, that brings us up to, that's all backstory for this weekend and why I wanted to um, do this as this episode. So we brought him home um, this weekend. And, and when he was home this weekend, Butterscotch stayed at my trainer's facility um, for boarding because we wanted to work with Heist without disruptions or any, um, you know, um, energy from Butterscotch. So that he can get, so that Heist can get used to being in a house. And so it was very interesting to see the transformation in such a short time. So when we first brought him home, um, and he, he's just, Heist is the sweetest, sweetest dog. Um, but he shuts down when it's something he's not used to. So he goes kind of into a freeze. So we've talked a lot in, in the world of trauma about the trauma response, fight, fright, or freeze. Um, and there's also fawn, but I don't think we got into that, and that's okay, but, you know, the fight or flight response or freeze. And so he pretty much freezes and kind of shuts down, rolls over, and just it, it almost plays dead, essentially. He, he almost play, looks like he's playing dead. Um, for just what you would think is the simplest of tasks, but it's not. So getting in, like getting into a vehicle, and he has been in a vehicle because my, um, my trainer has taken him to the vet and, and, you know, for checkups and all that kind of stuff. So he has been in a vehicle, but it's still a new vehicle because he's never been in my vehicle. And so he played dead for that. Um, he was fine coming out of the vehicle once I got him home. Could not go in the garage like, was not about going in the garage. 
Um, so I brought him into the, we have a fence backyard. So I, I brought him in there and he, um, his tail was tucked. His head was kind of down, very poor eye contact. The, the, I even wrote, I have took good notes this time, my observations. Um, yeah, couldn't go in the garage. Tail was tucked, poor eye contact, pacing. Now, border collies, you know, they're, they're herding dogs. So they kind of, I, I wouldn't say they pace, but they kind of do a perimeter and they want to make sure their, their flock um, or their herd is all in one area. Um, so he was kind of, he was pacing back and forth and that kind of stuff, which he's actually done at the training facility in the training room as well. So my feeling is this poor dog can't settle. Um, cannot calm down, is totally on high alert, um, yeah, hypervigilant. Um, and so that's what I saw. Rapid breathing. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think. Let me look at my other note. Okay. Um, rapid breathing. He didn't drink much water. He did eat, which is a good sign. He did eat. Um, he, he was used to a crate. Now he's not used to our crate that we got for him, but he, you know, since he stays at the training facility, he definitely is crate trained. Um, what they told me he's not house trained. I mean, how could he be house trained because he, um, has never been in a house. Um, but he did wonderful in that regards. Um, I just have to say that and brag on him a little bit. Um, does not know what floors are. So we have, um, hardwood and tile and we have like an area rug. And so the transitions between the floors were really difficult for him. Our floor color, um, the, the hardwood is dark. Um, and I don't know if that could make a difference to a dog. I'm not sure. Or if it's just that it's slick. I don't know. But had a hard time um, with floor transitions and had a real, I don't know. I have no idea what it is about the hallway going into our bedroom. Didn't like that. That took a while for him to get used to. Um, and he wouldn't accept toys. Um, didn't want to play. Um, was just kind of, you know, he w- wasn't misbehaving, wasn't, you know, but just kind of, I guess, um, clingy too. He, like he wouldn't, didn't want to leave my side, but he also didn't want to do anything. Um, so that was the first afternoon. Um, then let's see. And I was home with him by myself for most of the afternoon. And then my husband and my daughter came home and um, he did good. He loves people, loves, he's such a, he's a pleaser, wants to please. Um, and so just as sweet as can be. Um, so got along great with my husband, got along great with my daughter. Um, the second day he started drinking water, which again is really good. He started doing um, like mouthy, like, like if you've ever had a puppy, puppies teeth on you they, they're constantly like nibbling and and kind of getting your hands in their mouth and they're uh, trying to they're not trying to bite you bite you but you know they have their baby teeth and all that so he started doing those kinds of behaviors now he's older than a puppy puppy under a year old but he's still you know he's still he has all of his adult teeth I'm like okay well you can't nibble like that because you have adult teeth and they kind of hurt um, and he's not doing it to be aggressive or anything you, you know he's doing it because it's a puppy behavior that he's never been able to do before he doesn't you know he, he's never had a family so he didn't have that developmental milestone so to speak and so he, he started doing that um, he definitely started making easier transitions on the floors. 
um, especially if he didn't think about it. Like if he just went, he was fine. Um, but if he was kind of, if he kind of hesitated at all, then he was kind of like, nope. And he might um, lay, lay back down and play dead. Um, but it, it was okay. It, it, progression. Um, he became more playful. He started to accept toys. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think. Um, and then he started exploring. Um, now, my, my um, trainer will probably get mad at me if she hears this because we're supposed to tether him. And what that means is he's on a leash and he essentially doesn't leave your side. He stays um, within leash distance at all times when he's in the house. Um, and we did that for a little while. But then I was like, you know, once he started to want to explore we kind of we wanted him to get a chance to explore and um and he did great he did he did great doing that too once he started doing that now it was kind of timid again his tail was still kind of down and um it, it you I mean you could just see it in his in his mannerisms and his behaviors that it, it was a timid exploration but he was still doing it he was kind of maybe forcing himself a little bit to do it pushing pushing his um threshold but he, he kind of he did it and then by the third day this is wonderful by the third day good eye contact his tail was you know sticking up and erect and not tucked under um which shows a more confidence um that's what i've learned anyhow shows more confidence um he started kind of like prancing when he walks it's adorable um my collie actually did that too so i don't know if it's a hurting thing um but uh, like a herding group thing, but I loved it. It was great. Started prancing. He actually started doing his herding behavior. So um, this would have been <clears throat> my voice. Yuck. Um, this would have been yesterday. So, you know, we were all home. And so if we were sitting down, like watching TV or that kind of thing, um, he and one of us got up to leave, he would go and kind of stop, like go in front of us and kind of stop us. Um, he also and not again in an aggressive way. He also kind of tried to nip at my ankles if I tried to leave the room. Um, and that's hurting behavior. That's wonderful that he's, that's what a hurting dog does. Um, so I thought that was wonderful. Um, let's see. He started running around outside, um, like full speed, like no trepidation, just, just, it was great to see. And this is in three days. Um, when when he first on the first day when he kind of laid down his respiration like his breathing was really rapid and I'm like that you know you could tell like that's not very restful um you know when when someone is resting it's deep breathing like like that that's kind of breathing or maybe more natural than than me actually taking a deep breath um but he was you know almost panting like, I mean, he wasn't actually panting, but breathing really rapid by Sunday, or I guess it would have been, I'm sorry, it would have been Saturday night. Um, his breathing was much better, much more relaxed. You could just see it in him. And it was just, just great. Just so wonderful. So lessons from a dog. The reason that I thought this was so wonderful is it, it is such um, a, a real time look at what a tr like a traumatized existence can do to somebody and, and I, somebody I, I realize he is a dog but it, it we're animals like humans are part of the animal kingdom and so if we were treated 
as badly as he was treated or even just neglected like he was neglected, we would show the same kind of behaviors, not dog behaviors, in people terms, of course. But if we were treated that way, we would be hypervigilant because it's all about safety. He never felt safe as a puppy, never felt safe for whatever reasons, because I don't know enough about his history. I just know that there was neglect and he didn't have proper puppy um, interaction, puppy human interaction. Um, And so if you don't have that, I mean, the same is true for a baby. If a baby doesn't get the proper human interaction, they begin to have all kinds of developmental problems. Um, You can research it. It's true. Um, So if a child is brought up with severe abuse and neglect, they do have poor eye contact. They can't settle. They never learn to self-regulate their emotions. So there can be acting out behaviors. um, And it can be in the form of aggression. Or they can go into, so that would be fight mode, right? But they can also go into flight mode, running away, um, or um, freeze, just like the dog was showing, where I'm just going to go and play dead. Well, people can do that kind of stuff, too. Um, They don't necessarily look like they're playing dead, although I will say I have definitely seen, and I am not saying that these these toddlers are um, neglected in any way, but if you've ever seen a toddler throw a tantrum and then they kind of wear themselves out and they're kind of like exhausted um, or just a toddler throw themselves, that might not be the best example. I think a better example is like a toddler who's just, just throws himself on the ground and kind of lays there, kind of as a form of a tantrum. That's a better example than the previous one. Um, so there's there's similarities because again we're we're all animals, um, and it's all because there's no sense of safety. And we talked about safety as one of the first, as the first, um, like foundation of the hierarchy of needs is needing that sense of safety. Um, it goes with safety, food, and water, and so. Um, like I said, people would either act out aggressively or shrink and shut down, um, try and hide, those kind of things is what you would see. Um, so same kind of trauma response. Um, also, think of um, children who, even children who aren't brought up in, in abuse and neglect um, and put them in a situation that they've never been in before. Um, now, that brings in all kinds of things like temperament and, and that kind of stuff as some kids will go right for it and some are more shy and, and reserved and take their time. Um, but yeah, it, the same kind of things happen um, that I saw in the dog, um, you know, when they're not used to a normal social situation. Um, and let's not even get into what happens with, physiological development and brain development when you're not given the proper nutrition, um, again, whether you're a dog or you're a human. Um, so Heist is has a lot of energy. He's definitely at least part breed that has a lot of energy and, and does a lot of work. He is definitely underweight. Um, the poor, poor boy, um, you can see his ribs and his hip bones. And I, my trainer has been trying to get him to, to gain weight, um, for a while now. And I just think 
this poor boy is not going to start getting weight until he's safe in an in a normal routine and part of a family where he feels finally feels like he can rest and settle down and um, that's when I think he's going to gain weight. This that's just my psychological opinion. Um, and I like I said, I am not an animal trainer. I'm not an animal behaviorist. Um, but that's just you know. I'm going to throw my opinion out there because from a psychological standpoint, the same thing happens with humans. Um, Again, if you've, you know, a child has been brought up um, in abuse and neglect, um, there definitely can be physiological um, developmental milestones that aren't met. Um, You know, there definitely can be issues. uh, People sometimes have heard of failure to thrive. um, And, um, where they're, they're just, they're not meeting their developmental milestones appropriately. And, um, when that happens, there's a nutritional deficit that affects brain development, muscle development, bone development, all of that kind of stuff. Um, and so hopefully, uh, at least in, in our case, once I get him to, um, my vet and, um, I'll get, hopefully get some ideas on how to, to help bring his weight up, um, but yeah, hopefully he, he will live a very happy, healthy life with us. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Um, he's back at the trainer because it, it takes time and, and it was so hard to bring him back. We were just like, can we just have him? Um, but it is a process um, that I honestly, I trust my trainer. I think, like I said, she's been doing this for years and years and years and I know she knows what she's doing. Um and I don't, uh, you know, when it comes to that kind of stuff, but there's more to it with, um, making sure the dogs are okay and, and getting along and, um, things that I didn't understand, which she did explain. Cause of course I asked him like, can we just keep him? And she's like, no, we need to still do, you know, play dates with them. Um, the, the butterscotch goes to, day, to daycare, um, so that they can play together and work together and make sure that they're getting along. Um, and also give, heist another weekend at home uh, by himself so he can get used to the house and stuff because I didn't know but if heist gets really scared and spooked about something in the house it can set off butterscotch um, and we and we don't want that to happen we, we just want them to be all happy and and get along and everything so that's my story um, I'm so excited um, that hopefully we'll be able to give heist a, a really good home um, but it is really something to think about, um, especially when, and if you hear tragic stories about children, um, in, in those kinds of situations, not that we can get out there and save all of them and adopt all of them. That's not what I'm saying, but it gives a a, a kind of a frame of reference or an understanding. Um, you know, these children do grow up and become adults. And if they've never had any kind of intervention or, um, have worked through any of those kind of issues, it leads to problems as adults, um, you know, problems with trust, um, problems with sense of self, um, self-esteem, depression, anxiety, um, all of that kind of stuff, all stuff, all of those kinds of symptoms can be present, um, when you have a situation like that and there's never any kind of rehabilitation, same kind of thing would would continue to happen with heist if he was left in wherever he came from 
Um, and so I'm very thankful to not only my trainer, but, you know, an- animal rescues, um, rescuers and, and rescues and people who foster um, until um, animals who've been uh, abused and neglected till they can find their forever homes. I'm so very thankful because um, without them out there, we would have some very um, hurt, um, continuing to be hurt animals, and they don't deserve that. So there you go. That's almost part of a, a soapbox, but it's important. Um, and I really hope you enjoyed my story. I'll keep you updated on how Heist is doing. Um, we have a, like another weekend uh, of just him coming and mm, two more. Nope. I'm sorry. Four more daycares and one more lesson. And then he should be ours, um, to keep at home. And I'm so looking forward to that. Can't wait. Um, to get him home and, and just love on his sweet face. Um, all right. So we're done for today. Um, that, that's kind of how I end sessions that are starting to go over, but that's all right. Um, so I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, I don't know what next episode will be. Um, if I go in order, I stick to my plan, which sometimes doesn't happen just like today. Um, next time should probably be about either major depression or, um, what was the other one? Memory loss. <laughs> that was a great example. I'm, I hope you guys keep that in. Don't edit that out because that was perfect. Um, so, yeah, it, it should be about one of those unless something else comes and tickles my fancy. So I feel like I need to focus on that topic. I hope you all have a great week, and I will talk to you next time. <laughs>